Hey guys, welcome back. Um, this week, well, this is actually a kind of a, a surprise episode. We weren't planning on doing this this week, but I saw Ben Gordon's video uh, pop up on the internet a couple days ago, and uh, it was absolutely mind blowing. It's crazy what's happening if this is a true story, which I believe it is. Um, it's essentially he escaped a hospital from uh, hospital hospital from a murder hospital. attempt it's it sounds crazy i know but when we're gonna turn it over to him and let him tell a story but when i heard the story immediately i thought this sounds like a my lab experience a military abduction i realize not everybody knows what my lab is um it was way too uh coordinated it all sounded like it was a coordinated an attack almost so um, it, it does. <clears throat> without wasting any more time i'm just going to turn it over to you uh ben let you introduce yourself and uh, tell us what happened and we'll just break this down. All right. Hey, I'm Ben Gordon. Um, on January 30th, sometime around noon, um, I lost control of the car. I was very close to home. I wasn't feeling super well prior and that came on really suddenly. Like I had every intention of ordering a burger and fries at this place and I all of a sudden just left. I felt dizzy, confused, and I was like, just go home, man. And I didn't make it home. So I haven't stressed this point in the other interviews, just because I think that your platform is probably a, a better one to, to do it. But my memory is that the way I remember it is that it felt like something impacted the car first and the windshield. I turned the wheel to the right super fast enough to flip the car. And it did one complete revolution. And I ended up on all four wheels, like, bam. And I was looking at the windshield and it was all spider webbed. It had that gel-like kind of sinking look to it. All, uh, most of the window, the driver's side window was uh, busted out, the right one as well. I tried to open the door and it was bent just enough where it was not gonna open. And I couldn't get out these glass ridden windows either i could have climbed out if it was clean so then i went to my body and i'm like moving stuff around and i'm like okay i don't i don't think i'm i'm that hurt here but i was kind of still confused and I, I i couldn't figure out what had happened but i knew i was okay physically and it couldn't have been more than 10 12 minutes later that I saw um, somebody drive up and it was an EMT that approached the car. I don't remember any other interaction with this guy except for saying no to the thing that he pulled out of a little pouch, which was a syringe. And he said, I'm just gonna calm you down boss or something like that. I'm like, no, 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 boom. Yeah, that's not, no. that's not a normal thing that happens. <laughs> so, let, let's, let's imagine for a second that, um, I did have something internal with my neck or whatever. So, okay, they had to pry the door off, but in the meantime, they're going to sedate me and then my neck goes like this. Yeah, that's not, that's not something yeah, you're supposed to do. Without, without, without analyzing your condition, uh, that's not, it doesn't make any sense to do that. It doesn't make any it, sense. It could cause more harm than good. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, totally. Keep telling, yeah, keep going because we'll we'll expand on that. It's definitely suspicious. So the next seven or so hours are uh, moving along without me, let's just say, because I was out. And <clears throat> the next thing that happened for me 
was I woke up in one kind of just burst of energy. It felt like an adrenaline thing. And I had, I didn't see light, but I felt it. It just came from my center, like, ugh. And I just started going for the tube. And it, it, I went really slow. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. It kept coming, it kept coming. And then I grabbed it and I turned around and I looked. And there was one of those, I mean, I've looked up every picture of a, of a ventilator and it looks, <laughs> it was a ventilator. I could feel just slight, you know, like there was just a little pulse to the tube. So I then went for the IV, which is, was in my left arm, slowly got the tape off that, pulled the needle out. And then I went for the catheter. <clears throat> I didn't know at this time that there's a ball of like a, a little balloon of saline at the end. So it didn't even feel that bad. I'm going real slow. And then I could Ooh. feel like a pop. So the balloon obviously popped, the saline probably released and getting the very last bit out hurt like hell. And then I'm bleeding all over the place from my area. So I grabbed the hospital. They're white. It's bleeding through. Well, let me, let me stop you just for a second. So what made you immediately panic and decide to rip all that stuff out instead of just like cooperating? It was it just like you just internally knew something was wrong? It was entirely instinctual. Uh -huh. I was like, get this stuff out of me. Um, yeah. There was no thought. There was no like, first I'll do this and then I'll do that. Right. It was none of that. Yeah. So I found my black shorts, which had been cut off, laying right next to the bed. I guess that's hospital protocol. They just leave your cut off clothes sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just, just totally. Like, and by, the, by the way, like when I left there, there was scabbing and dry blood. They never even wiped my face off, which, is, which is hilarious. Yeah. So I grabbed these yeah. shorts and now that's kind of covering the blood. And I walked to the door. I open it. I look to the left first and that's where the desk was. And there were four staff sitting there and I go, why the hell did you put me on a vent? And they all like, it was like silence for a second. And then they were like, go. They were, they were in shock that you were awake. Well, yeah. it was like, they were seeing a ghost that like, I wasn't supposed yeah. to be standing up. So yeah, yeah. I didn't back all the way into the room at that point. I stood in the doorway and kind of put my arms like this. And I'm looking and there's, there's one younger nurse looking person. There's like a bigger woman that looks like a doctor. I don't know if she, she was a doctor. Um, and there were two young gentlemen that looked to be in their twenties and looked like just security guards, but they were not bigger than me. So I just kept grilling like, why, why the hell would you put me on this vent? And no answers. They're just looking at each other like, uh, uh. Do we say like he, he's not yeah. supposed to be awake yeah well probably they were shocked that you ripped all that stuff out of you they would have never imagined they probably never seen anybody do that no and and yeah. and you know don't they have like little things at their desk that would tell them that one of those things came out yeah right like an alert yeah if it was a normal hospital yeah some sort of sensor yeah. right right yeah I, I really don't think this place was an actual hospital from what well you the described. location we'll get into that but the location checks out but there's some other weird oh really stuff. okay yeah, yeah. well t it gets weirder so um so finally they like they they said okay you don't have to go back into the bed 
but let's come in here and talk. And um, I let them in a little bit, but remain standing. Once again, why did you put me on that vent? And the young nurse said, because you have COVID. So you just go, immediately... Yeah. <laughs> I go, yeah, well, somebody on a vent. I go, yeah, you, okay, I have COVID, but those machines are for late stage, can't breathe on your own, end of life yeah. type of thing. Yeah, you don't just immediately put somebody on a vent when they test positive for COVID. That's right, not... right. Well, they're trying to move faster and faster with that, but... And I and I yeah. said, what drugs? What drugs did you put me on? What was coming through that IV? And uh, the same young snotty nurse person said propofol. To which I said, oh, the thing that killed Michael Jackson. Cool. And then uh, yeah. fentanyl oh, and morphine. And I was yeah. like, you still went, like what? They're trying like, to kill you. Yeah, I was like, listen, like, does it look like I was like making like uh, like gestures? I'm like, does it look like I'm. <laughs> having any trouble breathing on my own here like I could have done a song and dance routine if I wanted I was like I was like so charged no answers you know I'm like I want my lawyer I want my lawyer they didn't say okay we'll grab you a phone call so this wrangling goes on I don't know the timeline I'm guessing 45 minutes to an hour of no questions being answered the the more um the more uh, doctor looking person said nothing now, when you're trying to like step somebody down, de-escalate, there's a whole bunch of things they could have said. Ben, well, they don't, they didn't know my name. They still don't because I was on uh, the phone with hospital records four different times yesterday. And they didn't, they're like, okay. They didn't, we, you? They didn't like There's so much or, about this, you guys, that- It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, I, I, personally went to the uh towing company it's called fire firebird towing in the verde valley and i casually he's like you can get whatever you want out of there he goes but he goes all of your vitamins and supplements ended up all over the craft scene because i had a, a rubbermaid bin full of all of my i'm just here in az for like i was supposed to do a short-term project i don't live here and i oh, don't just have I don't have enough room to like I was using my car as storage for like right. so <clears throat> sorry so real quick you're in this is we didn't establish that this is in Arizona for the people who don't know the story um did you say Yuma in one of the videos no 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 the um where the crash happened and where my little temp place is is in Rimrock oh, okay which okay. is like 20 minutes south of Sedona about oh, an okay. hour south of Flagstaff Okay, I don't know why I said you. Yeah, and you said you were air, you were airlifted to Flagstaff, correct? From the crash. I was, but the okay. So that that's a great question because it brings us back to the tow person, and I almost forgot what I was talking about. When I went to go, let me let me answer that first. So like when I went back to the crash site, the guy that rented me the room took me there, and um, he said, "Fish whatever you can out of there," and I was and I reached in and I grabbed this coat. And there's my wallet with my ID. No one ever took it. Wow. <laughs> Nobody that's... ever took my wallet out of to identify me. Yeah, that's that's like the first thing they do. That's not, like okay, okay, they so would not not do that. And well, they would do that for two reasons. Well, for one main reason. So for two, they know so they know who you are. For two, they can alert your family or anybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's so... a hugely important thing. Yeah, okay. they would not. 
So I did, he did. So this guy at the tow place has seen everything. He's had his family business for a long time. He was super cool and funny. And he goes, this is what he said. I go, why the hell would they airlift me to Flagstaff? And he goes, oh, that's protocol. He goes, they, he goes, trust me, you wouldn't want to go to a hospital in the Verde Valley. They will kill you. Really? Really? Yeah. He said, and I, I've received probably four or five emails from people that went to a hospital in the Verde Valley and they have horror stories. 60% wow. of my email inbox, and I don't even know how people got my email, are people with horror stories. And then people with shows, channels, interviews, stuff like that. And then, and then people like looking for a new friend, you know what I mean? Like, call me and like these weird women reaching out to me and calling me I'm like yeah. <laughs> who are you like yeah like i'm not oh, this yeah. is not a dating site this is not a fun experience for me um but so i'm fishing around my car I, what i want to find is my phone and i have not found that happy about the wallet confused about why my wallet would still be there but i did yeah. find i'm covering the name a different person's id right by the gas pedal really and it's and it, it it's good till, it's good till 2 6 2023 so i'm flipped out and i go over to the the tow guy he's talking to my roommate and he goes oh you'd be surprised what flies out of a car he's like this is probably the previous owner but i know the previous owner so it's not his but i don't know if that's something or or not but um mm. the, the fact remains is i was on the horn with the hospital four different times and they go send um the front and back of your id because we still don't know who you are but they called my family <laughs> but clearly they do know who you are yeah well, nothing, nothing about this adds up nothing adds up to this yeah yeah so let, let's let's rewind back to the hospital so all that wrangling goes on all of my questions go unanswered no paper. I'm asking for paperwork. There's nothing. <clears throat> They're not, you know, offering to let me call somebody. And then a, another party walked in with a, a ripped up piece of paper and goes, is this a good contact for you? And it was my sister's name and number. And I go, yeah, but I just want to get out of here. Because I was so close at this point. I could tell like I was probably going to get out of there. So I asked for an adult diaper. They brought me an adult diaper. I was bleeding so bad. So I put that on and I go, how about some clothes? Like they brought me like some scrub pants, um, a hippie sweatshirt, like a tie dye looking thing that didn't fit. Like it was way too small. And then some shoes that didn't fit. They were way too small <laughs> and I'm fully clothed. And, and I go, so I'm going. And they were like, mm-hmm. So in order for me to get out, I had to, I had to pee in a thing. They, they said that they wanted to make sure that I was not clotting in the urethra because if all of a sudden you're backed up, you know, so I did that. This, this doctor that came in to have me do that and sort of let me go, she never really spoke to me. The only thing she said to me, she asked about the bandages and she goes, slow or fast? And I go, fast. She didn't say anything else. And she's got her mask on. And here's what her eyes were doing. This is like what she looked like, her energy. Really? 
she looked she looked like she just looked like a child like she had child energy and mm -hmm. um so the two young gentlemen are the ones that kind of went to the door which was to the right of the desk in this hallway and by the way this hallway was like dimly lit i saw no hustle and bustle of a host like a hospital scene it it looked like the boiler room should have been in, next to the bed next to me it just it looked there was no other machine in there but the vent there was no other hospital no shelving really? units there was you know what i mean like those hospital mm. shelving units or like a poster uh, about COVID-19 or anything yeah, that's normally a bunch of stuff yeah yeah all that all that typical typical stuff that you would see so these two young men uh brought me to the door and I go seriously I'm going and they're like yeah so I didn't there's a um, against medical advice form that you always fill out if you leave against their medical recommendations that yeah, frees yeah. them from liability if I fall down and break my face two seconds later. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that and they're just going to let you go without a ride arranged or did they have, did they have a ride arranged? Nope. <clears throat> so, so it was, it was nine degrees. I would learn later that night in Flagstaff. So there oh, wow. I'm in a hoodie and I just walked straight because one of those young men, I, he goes, if you go, if you just stay right on the street and keep going, you'll run into downtown Flagstaff. So he just I walked. I did, all I all I wanted was a cigarette. And uh, so I'm walking, 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 and I see this bar on my left, and it's called Rendezvous, and there's a dude smoking a cigarette, and I and I'm there, I am with like bloody pants, dried blood all over my face. And Flagstaff yeah. is sort of it's like nine. It's nine it, degrees outside. It's nine degrees, so I know I look like a total hobo. Like I'm like no one's gonna talk to me. So he gives me a cigarette, and I try telling him his story, and the guy goes, "Dude, I can't. I can't." So he <laughs> he walks back in. I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, Ugh. "I gotta go in this place, don't I?" So I walk <laughs> in. I walk into this bar, and it's a nice bar too. Like really oh, high, no. really high ceilings and like couples on dates and the bartender has a tie and like he's a tall high end bar. Total high yeah. end bar. It was the it was the wrong bar, but it was the first bar. So I, was like, <laughs> I go, yeah. what are your what are your choices here? So I kind of slide into the bar and there's a good amount of spacing between groups of people. And I sit at the bar stool and I got some water from the bartender. And I said, I just had an ordeal. I go, can you find me another cigarette? Like, I just wanted a chain smoke. And he did. And then a young gentleman uh, like slid to the stool next to me and goes, it looks like you need help. And I go, dude, you don't know the half of it. And I told him the whole thing. And he backed up a little bit. And he goes, I think I believe you. <laughs> I go, dude, this is 100% real. So he, uh, Thank you. <laughs> so he goes, I'm going to get you home. I love helping people. And I go, dude, I live in Rimrock. That's like an hour away. He goes, I'll get you a lift. I'm like, no, that's going to be 200 bucks. I go, how about this? I know one phone number by heart. It was a friend of mine back in Wisconsin. And I go, I texted him through the phone. Hey, it's Ben. I'm using someone else's text or phone. 
and there was no answer. It was probably too late for him. You know, he's got kids and stuff. So we waited for a reply. It didn't happen. He goes, he goes, no, I'm, I'm getting you a lift. And that's all there is to it. Wow. And it, was like, and it only ended up being $88. So the lift got there fast and he, he, he followed me out. He handed the lift driver a cash tip and I just sat in the back the whole way home, like thinking, what the hell what just happened? But all I wanted was yeah. cigarettes. So I was trying to get the Lyft driver to stop for cigarettes. And he's like, I can't. He's like, I can't. <laughs> he's like, no, nah, man. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So, the, I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's the whole story from getting injected at the crash site to um, getting out of there. So, okay, let's go back to the hospital. What have you discovered about the hospital as far as um, it's so you think it's a legitimate hospital, but what do you think maybe you were in a section of that hospital that wasn't like it was off limits or something? Shady. Yeah, that's 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 absolutely what I'm thinking because when I <clears throat> retrace my steps from that hospital to that particular bar, it was just over a mile and it was the exact direction. But if you look at Google Maps of the hospital everything's going to be backwards. So um, on the opposite end of the hospital was where the emergency unit is. I saw no sliding glass doors, no emergency thing on the outside of it. It looked like it, that <clears throat> part of the hospital was not utilized generally for patients. It did not look like a COVID unit. They were not in hazmat. Right. Saw no other patients, saw no other staff. It's and like you said, you said it was very empty, right? You said it, there was not the normal, like lots of people walking around and it was like super empty. Like if you removed that bed I was in, the ventilator and the desk that they were gathered around, I would have no idea that that was a hospital. Really? Well, wow. but, but it yeah, was it's... part of the, the hospital. Can you? Yes, are you I believe so. Are you so why would they take you to that part exactly? That's that's the question. Well, and why no paperwork? Put you on a why, why no paperwork? And why? Yeah. Why do they still not know who I am? They don't. Why didn't they ID? Yeah, get your wallet and your ID. That doesn't make any sense. There's so many things that don't add up at all. Like you said, it's just very. Yeah, there's something that there's something weird going on for sure with that. Yep. Well, to me, so can, are you comfortable with naming the hospital? Or are you trying? Are you not? Wanting I've to named it? it before, so I don't see why not. Um, Flagstaff Medical Center. It is the only hospital in Flagstaff. Okay, so I'm okay. sure somebody. What I, what, what, what I personally maybe don't want, and some people I know people are doing this. I was talking to you guys know Dr. Andrew Kaufman. Um, I don't know if I'm familiar with him entirely. <clears throat> oh, he's got a big presence online, anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen him around. I've seen him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was telling him. I was sort of lamenting that I I just knew that people were probably calling that place up, and like you were gonna harvest his organs and stuff. You know, like they're probably yeah. getting so many calls, and I don't know. Like, there's no way for me to know at all whether or not they just intended to keep me in that place, and then let me go anyway to collect the $39,000 for the vent, to get the COVID diagnosis, to collect as much as they could, or if their intent was to indeed kill me. 
I mean, the organ harvesting isn't out of the question because we know that's a reality. So looking at this whole thing, the, the accident itself might have been staged, meaning it could have been, it sounds like it could have been an attack. And what our audience doesn't know about you is that you've had these experiences or similar experiences like this going on all the way back to childhood. So um, we've had a few guests on before what we call TIs or targeted individuals. Um, yeah. Maybe there's something, there's some aspect of that going on, but it's definitely not standard protocol for any EMT to arrive on scene and immediately sedate someone. That would be more like a military operation. They, they knew what they were, yeah. it was almost like they were given orders. It wasn't just like this guy decided to do it on his own. Um, they knew no. exactly where they were taking you for whatever reason. Maybe, maybe this was an attempted murder. Maybe they didn't plan on you surviving. Uh, most of the times uh, we've heard horror stories, right? So it's very likely that that was a possibility. Did he, did he have the syringe immediately when like, he didn't have to like go, Oh, Oh, like check on you first. And then oh, I got to go get this thing. It's like, he had it with him, which tells nope, me it, it was, that it was, was the plan of, from the start. Yeah. It was one of those yeah. um, formed orange pouches. Mm -hmm. And out it came. And they, the social workers who miraculously talked to my family, but can't communicate my idea to the hospital as of yesterday, they, my family was told that night after I left that I was combative at the scene. But <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm, I'm trapped in a car. What was I going to look? Come on, let's go. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, like for sure, for sure, if somebody had said, we're going to take you to the hospital, I would have protested. But there, I only remember, I remember the, the man walking up and he was he was pretty big dude. And I remember that coming out. I don't remember him saying anything of, other than, we're just going to calm you down, boss. He just immediately pulled it out. They didn't check on you first to see how, you know. No, but they're going to say what you need. Right. So, yeah, that's not. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely not normal. You had mentioned also that they had told your family that you had acute pancreatitis. Is that correct? And something else? What, what happened with that? They said I had a broken nose and acute pancreatitis. I, was, I had asked my sister who was talking to the social worker, tell me everything that they said. This was in an email. I need to know everything that they told you. And she said that I was combative at the scene. They had to sedate me and intubate me. So I was intubated there at the scene. So they said you were combative because you were trying to refuse the injection, correct? Probably. Well, it's, it, it's, a, it's all there. Well, yeah, it's a made up story. Anyone would anyway. be combative. Of you know, that. they can, they can, they can say whatever they want, but that's what they told. That's what yes, they told my yes. sister. And yes. that, yeah, I had a broken nose and that I had acute pancreatitis and yeah. Right. Wow. So, which neither of that was true though. And none of that was true, right? Yeah. I mean, I think I might know. I No, my nose is totally normal. However, I did, I did like look it up and it said sometimes it's possible to not even know your nose is broken. So maybe there's some sort of like compression frat, like little, I don't know. Um, but the point is, is that I, they told me the only reason for me be, being on the vent was that I had COVID. 
And of course, my family, who's fully invested in the medical industrial complex, they totally believe that the experts and the, the science, oh, they were yeah. like, they, you know, they just did whatever they could to help you. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> zero critical thinking or so, thinking at all, really. What do you think? What, what, have you gotten any information? Do you remember anything from the crash um, as far as how you flipped? You rolled because the car rolled, right? It, it did. And I looked at the I looked at the scratches all along, and it's clear that it, it rolled. I, I'm telling you, man, I felt an impact. That's what I felt first. Now, if it's the case that I, you know, because I wasn't feeling well, something felt off, and I sort of like lost it. I could have felt the very first impact of the flip, but to my memory, I feel like I saw that windshield happen first. That's that's how I, that's how I feel like it happened. Like something hit. Something I, hit your windshield. Well, by the I don't know, but but so yesterday my roommate, he's super cool. I lucked out with a short-term place to stay here and we just happened to like totally hit it off. He comes home yesterday and we're having a smoke out on the patio here. And he goes, oh, dude, I forgot to tell you, I was driving past the site of the um, your crash. And he goes, and I just got this intuition of somebody firing something from the hill. And I was like, whoa. Really? Well, there's no reason for that car to flip because it's totally flat. It's 40 miles an hour. I had to have gone as a reaction to something. Right. Yeah. Right. The so, only yeah. way to flip going 40 is to go like, <laughs> like really, really hard and fast. Yeah, exactly. I mean, considering what we know about what you've already told us, it's not out of the realm of possibility that something like that actually happened. Um, you totally. Know, the shooter on the grassy knoll. <laughs> uh, yeah. It wouldn't have been a it wouldn't have been a, uh, a conventional gun because I would have seen something in the windshield. Almost like an energy, like an energy, energy weapon, which they have that. They can even they can. Well, do I, I was previously hit by a dew. Right, I, I have been too. I'm pretty Maybe positive. Some I kind of so sonic like. weapon, even. That's what like I was that. thinking. A sonic weapon, your windshield. Just yeah, sound. that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You don't even see. It, it looks it looks totally insignificant, but the sonic boom it's just like it creates an impact. And that would well, explain sounds... how your wind how your windshield shattered all of a sudden. That would explain that. If, it, it, know, it, like it, that. It, it shattered but held together. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. film. The film on there design is designed. They're to... designed to do that. Yeah. Oh, so they so there's a binding agent that prevents yeah. it from. Yeah, it's a film, so it doesn't yeah get all over your face. But uh, sometimes. Okay, so let's go back. You said you think you were, um, or you you know you were attacked with a do before. Which, for those who don't know, a do DEW direct energy weapon. Um, and can you explain that? Why? When did that happen? Yeah, I went. I went through a, a period of a year where a lot, a lot, a lot of very strange things were happening, and this was 2015. I was living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <clears throat> and I was riding my bike down a little hill going towards this grocery store, which was to my right. And as I was approaching the crosswalk, two very like white bread businessmen were walking and I was coming to a complete stop. And out of nowhere, 
I got hit on the left and flew about four feet off my bike and, and hit the curb and broke my ribs. These two guys stop and, and go, what, what just hit you? And I go, I have no idea. They're like, there was nothing. You flew like four feet, just bam. Wow. That, I mean, come on. There's, when you have eyewitnesses like that, that wow. saw it. I felt that. I just like, it's almost like someone laughing somewhere, like, give them a nudge. And bam, <laughs> I went flying. Well, like they're just messing with you. And that, yeah. that, that is the case um, with some targeted individuals. They play with mm -hmm. this technology sometimes. And so the one, the, what I've experienced before, which I don't, I can't prove or verify in any way, but it felt like I was hit uh, on those two separate occasions where I'm almost positive something like this happened, but it felt like I didn't get hit and thrown back like that, but it felt like I was being cooked like by a microwave. Like all of a sudden you're in your organs and you just start feeling like your blood is boiling and you start getting sick and you can't do anything, but it's out of the blue. And I've experienced that twice in um, suspicious times. The timing of it was suspicious. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I feel like, um, and this stuff does go all the way back to childhood, but in 2014, I feel personally like I started breaking through with my meditation um, something really popped for me and I was able to see other spectrums of light. I was able to make, you know, dissolve my body into a billion pixels and completely just, I don't have to be in my body if I don't want, um, astral traveling. And it seemed like when I broke through is when the attacks started coming really hard. Right. And just for the record, either you have some bugs flying around you or i've seen three orbs drive fly around you in this interview there's uh, no bugs in here <laughs> i don't know if you've seen yeah. them too aaron but if orbs. anybody's watching this saw, if you, uh, if you rewind them, there's three separate occasions where a little white orb looks like it's flying around through there uh but okay so yeah that would make sense like they don't want us tapping into our potential and depending on like who you are like in a past life or where you came from Right. Uh, mm -hmm. They under somebody knows that, and they know that if if you or, or any of us tap into our true potential or remember who we are, it's a threat to the entire game, the entire system. So to make it would make sense to try and make life as miserable as possible for that person, so they don't have yeah. time to meditate and they don't want to focus on doing that stuff, and they're always in like survival mode. I've I, I will tell you that I, I will tell you this, and I haven't, and maybe we can go through some um, earlier through childhood stuff, but <clears throat> I haven't explored this, nor I have I um, completely like engaged, but many of the people surrounding Super Soldier Talk, I'm on their group thread. I, I've never like texted anything, but many in that group and James Rink's inner circle have identified me through re remote viewing as have that I'm part of all this. Right. Interesting. Really? I just haven't, I never had any interest to go on a show. Like I'm a musician. Like <laughs> I want to like keep those worlds separate. So I was like, I made a decision a long time ago. Like, nah, don't go on any of those shows. Don't be one of those people. Keep those worlds uh, separate from each other. But now I'm like, nope, now I'm going to say everything. Right. Good for yeah. you, man. And I Good think there's you. a lot, a lot of people 
that are involved in some sort of program, my lab experience, abductions, whatever the case may be, then people don't even realize, you know, a lot of people are walking around oh, yeah. clueless to the fact, but like if what William Tompkins told us uh, back in 1980, when the Navy in particular started their uh, secret space program and their 20 and back program, if that's true, he said he used millions. He said there were millions of people being recruited in at that time. So if there really are millions of people, then it would make sense that more and more people are going to start remembering things. Yeah. Well, I will, I will say this. So like uh, probably three years ago, I became pretty involved in kind of digging up uh, details about my past that I didn't know. And I looked heavily into a particular doctor who I, I kept having dreams about being led into underground facilities and, and all these weird things. So I, I look up the doctor and I'm like, I find that his um, license was, his medical license was revoked in 1990. And the only online mentioned presence of this doctor is that revocation of his, and, and basically it wasn't about, um, the revocation itself, rather, it was communications between the, the Wisconsin Medical Board asking why there wasn't a full revocation of this license. Um, so it was on hold, right? So it wasn't a full revocation. And the Wisconsin Medical Board was like, this makes no sense. In order for you to get taken off this hold or revocation, you basically have to study under another doctor for a year. You have to be an intern with a doctor for one year. He never fulfilled that obligation, and yet his license wasn't revoked. His, his according to the Wisconsin Medical Board, his reason for, um, for um, not being able to, to fulfill the terms of reinstating his license is he went to the Persian Gulf at the start of the war. Wow. So how far back did this start for you what's your earliest memory of something strange um nightly dreams of ufos right every single night and and many of those dreams involved me well, what, what age was this sorry like like six six okay six seven and most of these dreams start out where i'm waiting and i'm like oh oh no not again not again so all through my childhood, I'd, I'd have these dreams. I had dreams of sitting on this council. It looked like the Star Wars bar, you know? And- I've had experiences up there also. Yeah, and I got kicked off the council, by the way. <laughs> At least, you know, in this dream, they kicked me, like I didn't go the way that they wanted me to go and I was doing other things on the side. And they kicked me off. And I remember being really kind of like hurt, <laughs> like, Hey, come on, you guys. I'm a nice dude, you know. Right. <laughs> um, uh, so those those dreams, and then sort of like astral traveling in 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 my dreams, or that's not really a dream. You know, your astral traveling when your visual acuity is about a thousand times better than it is. Right. In, yeah. well, I've experienced it it's before. Way too real. Yeah. I've I've done it. Uh, I've never been able to initiate it. Every time it happens for me, it just kind of happens. But I know exactly what you mean. It's very vivid. You remember it. Yeah. Right. So I mentioned to you then, uh, 1994 was like a bananas year for me. 
Um, my brother Josh and I, uh, my band was playing in the town over <clears throat> about a half an hour away and the rest of the band was had their crap together and they were way ahead of us and my brother Josh was my ride to get there. And we had a close encounter with a TR3B which brought traffic to a stop. <clears throat> we got out of the car, it wasn't fully dark even. Um, and it was, it was probably about 200 feet in front of us and only like 100 or 200 feet, like it was casting a shadow. And I was wow. laughing hysterically, like, cause I couldn't process, nor had I heard of a TR-3B. I, I think I'm seeing aliens, you know? And it goes over to the side of the highway, pivots like that and lowers itself to the ground and it remains hovering. And I'm just looking at this thing like, what the? And so we get to the gig, I, I, I do that. I filed, I filed a report with like New Fork or whatever, you know, <clears throat> and then somebody, somebody got back to me from New Fork and then explained to me what that was. Where they, so that, where they say it was. TR3B, that it was yeah. US tech. Right. Yeah. So that same year on Christmas Eve, same brother, families ahead of us, we're running behind, we're going to grandma's house. And <clears throat> same deal, TR3B hovering right over the park by, by our house. And this time we're like, we're following this thing. So it makes its way from the east side to the west side of Green Bay. We grab the nearest bridge, we go over, we can still see it. And we ended up in the parking lot of a paper mill there and we scaled the fence and it landed on top of the paper mill. What? So we really? So, so we, we show up to grandma's an hour and a half late, right? And we're like, we saw the thing again. We saw the thing. And some of our cousins were like, oh, the Gordon boys are like, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But who, but, but who isn't laughing is my grandmother, my dad, my dad's sister, and my dad's brother. My grandma says, well, Papa Jack, that was uh, my grandfather, he used to get followed home by a weird triangle from the cottage all the time. Mm -hmm. And then my no dad way. and his siblings start talking about how, wow, that I, we used to see lights when we were young too. And that weird dentist that used to take pieces of our ears out. <laughs> what? what? Right. And I, and I go, wow. hey, dentists don't mess with your ears. I go, that, <laughs> yeah. That's like a screen memory. So, yeah, yeah. Totally. so this all comes and I'm like, oh, and that was the first time that I realized that something multi-generational was happening in my family because mm -hmm. they talked about UFOs for an hour then. Well, so, it's particular your dad's <clears throat> side also. It is. So about two years prior, my family went to, I did not go, but my family and my younger brother and my sister went to like a UFO conference in central Wisconsin. And they thought it'd be interesting, you know, cool day trip. And some film crew was there doing a documentary. And my youngest brother, Andy, had seen all kinds of UFOs to the point where it was every other day. And we were like, oh, you're so cute. You know, you have yeah. such an imagination. I was into yeah. UFOs, but he had so many stories. Well, this documentary ended up airing about two or three months after that Christmas Eve, the whole family came over. I wheeled 
a box TV at that time out to my little deck and we watched and my little brother who was interviewed there is describing a TR3B. And then when I, I was like, Andy, that's the same thing we saw. And he almost started crying. He goes, I know, I told you, no one believed me. Hmm. Oh, wow. How old was he then? He was back then he was probably six or seven. Oh, super. When, okay. when we watched, when we watched the thing, he was more like 11. Okay. So it took forever for this documentary to come out and it was called searching for UFOs and you can't find it. There's one past sale on Amazon for a VHS tape. I've when been looking, it? I found it several years ago in like Spanish and sent it to my family because they were interviewed and I'm like, never forget, you know? And I, I searched everywhere to, to find it, but I can't. When did searching it come out? Like, UFOs. was this the nineties or when did 98. it come out? 98? Yeah. Okay. 97. Somebody, somebody listening to this, go find that. Searching find for the UFOs. VHS of that. <laughs> if you find it, email us, let us know. We want to, we want to see it. Totally. Uh, um, so, okay. Yeah. This is a lot more involved than I expected, <laughs> you know, I, from just gathered from what I gathered from your video, I, I kind of suspected that this was a my lab experience, but I had no idea that it went this, this, this deep for you. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. So now that I'm was, definitely yeah. like you were, <laughs> that was right. an intentional thing. Yeah. And yeah, you should, you should keep exploring that. And it's probably a really good thing that you're talking about it actually because uh it might actually protect you in a sense you know because now really? now people know the story's out there and people know this stuff is happening to you so if something does happen to you it's it's suspicious now instead of they, they're not going to be able to lie about it they, right. they, so, they don't want to make you a martyr and verify your story if they take you out that's the right. safest thing to do is to go fully public at at the point you're at in my opinion so yeah i mean that was that yeah. was the, the day that I filmed my initial five minute thing, here's how not savvy I am with the digital things. I'm super good at music production, recording. I get all that. I was like, I, I actually said to myself, I wonder if I can film a video on my MacBook. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I was like, I figured out, I figured out how to do it. I, I just did it. That was like the first take. I'm just like, this is what happened. I uploaded it and then like a couple hours later, I looked to see, I wonder if anyone looked at this and it, every hour it was going up by 100, 200 views. For someone that doesn't have a channel, I have one music video that I made for myself. And then yeah. it kept going, kept going, kept, kept going. And the only other thing I did on my end is I found um, uh, on Twitter, I don't post, like I don't initiate anything on Twitter but I'll comment on other people's stuff. And I looked at analytics and I had some people that had huge followings that were following me that, and I had like a hundred followers, like I'm nobody. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I'm gonna share it with these people. And I just said, hey, you have a huge following. Maybe you can help. And from there, it went to Telegram and Telegram is where it took off. Right, and then I had somebody send it to me privately uh one of our listeners actually it's like hey you should check this out and you know we get a lot of videos sent our way people want us to read articles it's too much you can't we can't do it all in this case i was like okay like i was just compelled i'm like i'm gonna watch this and 
I'm glad I did because now here we are. And this is way, I can't believe like the fact that, yeah. you know, super soldier talk and James rink and even that whole world, I was clueless to any of that. Whenever we reached, whenever I reached out, I, I, for, for all I know, you could have been, you know, some sleeper on some, you know, right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. you know, you know, for me, like, and I, you know, there's a million other stories that I have that, and, and, and it goes throughout my family as well. But like when I when I personally watch like a compelling person that's like a secret space program person, they're they're they have such detail in all of this timeline and they remember everything of everywhere they went. That's not the case for me. I have a, an entire life full of these disparate but connected things. So I don't yeah. know what my I don't know what my story is ultimately. Right. It's all out of context. There's no baseline. Um, eventually, maybe one day it'll make sense if you're supposed to know. But um, I mean, it's enough. Yeah. It's overwhelming enough just to be experiencing that stuff. So maybe uh, maybe remembering it. I think remembering sometimes could be detrimental to your health uh, because it would trigger some oh, yeah. some uh, buried traumas and stuff like that. Very and, traumatic. Yeah. yeah. So who knows, you know, I would, well, I, I, I will say this, like my distrust for any authority and stuff, I think is, is linked to something beyond this planet. And, and I've never heard any super soldier and I'm not saying that I am one, but this is a phenomenon that I've experienced my whole life. And it, it does lead me to believe that there's like tons of trauma. And I'll give you a, for instance, I dated this really mean girl like in 2017 2018 and i noticed something very very weird and that was when she would do something or say something terrible to me i couldn't remember it the next day and my friends would be like dude why are you with this girl like she was like really mean to you like last night and i'm like what did she say so i already have a built-in way of compartmentalizing that's when right yeah, yeah you telltale sign telltale sign yeah you tend yeah. to block you block those memories out like um mm -hmm. people can't even remember in their entire childhood sometimes because of you know it just part of you subconsciously just shuts yeah. that down and honestly you, it sounds like you could have been mk ultra in that because what that's designed to do is to create those compartments where you literally are like multiple different people in one body and you can't, you have no uh, knowledge or awareness of the other compartments when you're in your like normal you. And then they have their ways of like switching you over. And then you have all this traumatic and crazy thing, experiences and memories from those compartments, but you literally have no knowledge. So they don't, it's not even mind wiping. It's like mind compartmentalizing and they just switch you over, you know? Right. And so it's, it, Sounds like that might be it. It's trauma-based mind control. It trauma is. Mind control. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and it's and it's interesting because I, in the compartment in the in the compartment that I'm in right now in this space in the things that I like to do musically comedy I'm into all these different things. People constantly uh, compliment me on my memory within this thing, right? So mm -hmm. I remember everything. I can, yeah. I can, I can go to a gig and play with someone I haven't played for, with in four years. Like, dude, our guy canceled. Can you step in? And my muscle memory just comes back. So when nice. in this normal sort of window, my memory is unbelievably 
like acute, like perfect. Right. But well, if my- someone does something really horrendous to me, it's almost like a drug it gets released into my brain. And the next day I'm like, how you doing? Are you, you hungry? No, no right. memory at all. Yeah. Not yeah. At all. Yeah. Well, there That's might crazy. be a reason, might be that memory. You might have an IQ or something. There's something there that's appealing to them why they want you in the first place. Totally. And say, so, you know, starting at a young age and, and who knows what that testing looks like. You know, there's always like a recruitment process or something. Uh, and it's important to realize too, is like you, just because like super soldier talk talks about the secret space program, doesn't mean that everybody in the space program is a super soldier and you don't have to have a military background. You don't have to, it, you, there's, I don't think there's any real protocols, maybe for certain factions of it. Yeah. You might need, you might join the military and get recruited that Tony, way. Tony Rodriguez, Tony Rodriguez doesn't have a military. Right. Background. Exactly. And yeah. uh, I think more and more people are going to start coming forward that don't have military backgrounds. And, uh, it's, it's because of it, unfortunately it's a dark program and there's a slavery aspect to it and a mind control and trauma based. And if you're starting at that young of an age, you know, you don't need, you, you don't have a military background then, you know, it's not like, so you were chosen as a child. It doesn't mean that you have to be in the military to be in these programs. And there's no part of that that says that everyone is a super soldier. Yeah. I, 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 I do possess certain abilities. I, I will say though, I have always lacked discipline. I don't keep things straight for very long. I kind of get lost and abandon this, abandon the pro, you know, this project. I've never been able to keep everything totally straight and like on course, just kind of a dreamer, you know, but when I was like very, very young, like three, four years old, if for instance, my mom would say, okay, enough TV for you, young man, go into your room and play with your toys. I'd be like, okay. And I'd go into my room and I would re-watch Bugs Bunny on my wall and I would cast it from my eyes. I could watch, really? I could, I would remember, yeah. And and it was, there was no- Oh, process. just from your like, memory, you would like imagine it? And I could, and I could visually see it on the wall. I can really? do that with music whereby if I want to hear Strawberry Fields Forever, I don't think about it. I can lay and I can start it and it plays from beginning to end in perfect clarity. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's... It's almost like a type of a photographic memory, but it's mm-hmm. like video r- memory rather than photo, you right. know, where it's like recorded and you can just play it back. Yeah. I wonder like if that's a natural ability or how much of that was enhanced through whatever programs or MK Ultra, unfortunately, um, it might be a yeah. result of that, or it might just be a natural ability that you have. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I, I guess I, I guess I don't know, but my, my inclination and the feeling of my larger self is that I came into this world with quite a bit of um, something already. Right. Of course. Yeah. I yeah, think a lot of us totally. did. You wouldn't be here right now mm-hmm. talking to us if that wasn't the case, you know? Your life would yeah. look into- your life your life would look entirely different right now. Um, yeah, you find you found yourself here. I mean, it's and time. I think that's like, I think that's why you were targeted. And right. So it sounds like your whole life you've been you they've kind of been messing with you and utilizing so, your abilities for whatever. Who knows what you know? It's like they don't you know because I always think of like the most logical 
way to like if they if someone wanted to kill me they kind of would have been able to do that already oh yeah but i think i think that i'm being messed with like uh, the, the electronic stuff that happens to me right i think I'm, i think that i'm still being used in some way but they're messing with me if i get out of line type of thing but i've had i've had instances with the electronic devices where for instance i I had a vision in uh, 2017 where I woke up in the middle of the night. They always come in the middle of the night. They feel like downloads. And I saw, I witnessed the big bang. I saw a finger hit an enter key. The big bang happened and underneath were ones and zeros flying at me along with the debris from the big bang. Like the second dimension and the third dimension were coming at me. So I'm like, I'm writing a song about that. And I wrote a song. (laughs) Nice. And I actually rap in it, which is hilarious, but <laughs> nice. But, um, anyway, so I'm getting my album together and you, you know, you got to upload um, to Bandcamp, And that was the last song that I did. And at the very second that that final song uploaded, every device that I had, um, like a MacBook Pro, a Mac uh, Tower, a Chromebook, and my phone, all four devices, all of the hard drives fill, filled up at the same time. My, my yes, you're out of space. And I'm a meticulous like space keeper and, and trasher of things I don't need. Yeah. Some sort of virus. Um, On all devices at the across same time. every platform. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I have a Samsung phone. You know, I, I had like a, another a Chromebook and then two Apple devices and all of them were out of, I mean, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's definitely, yeah, that's all telltale signs of targeting. So what else has happened, you know, aside from the TR3B thing and the electronics and stuff, is there anything else significant that you want to share? there's 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 a ton i mean there's i mean do you want to hear about individual ufo experiences or well i mean it's up to you i just didn't know if you felt like while we're doing this and while you're well i think i'll tell you i think i'll tell you one ufo story because this this has a component to it that the all the others do not have because something was uh, transferred to me first before the awareness of the ufo so i was laying on a blanket in a park in Milwaukee reading a book. And I could hear this some chatter coming from these people um, uh, in Spanish. And I looked up and, and there's all these young kids, you know, the probably 20s, whatever, looking around. You know, they're looking for something. And so I said, hey, did you guys lose something? And they're like, yeah, we can't find our keys, man. And I was like, I'll help you look for keys. I'm not doing anything. So I'm kind of going around. We're doing crazy eights around each other for about 10 minutes. And into my head, the words, can I go one goddamn day without seeing a UFO? And I was like, what? (laughs) I look up and there's three hovering right above me. And I, I tap one of the guys on the shoulder. I go, hey. And now we're all just looking at it. So the thought came first, which, so something was communicated to me first. And I wonder if that's voice of God tech tech or something like that. Or tell well, do you guys, you guys get the thing. 
So I have normal, I have normal tinnitus that I've had from being in loud ass rock and roll bands. Right. Yeah. And I always just keep like a fan on like when I sleep. Um, mm -hmm. But I get this other thing and it's almost always in my left ear. And what happens is, you know, that feeling. I, um, I get that. Where it last, does it last for like 20 seconds? Like a short not even, time? Like, and then, like 10, but. Yeah, 10 seconds. Yeah. You know that, you know that you know that feeling you get when you fall in a dream and it's all in your stomach? Mm -hmm. I have that yeah. feeling, but it's in my head first. So it feels like my whole consciousness falls and then at the same time. So you get that feeling and then I get the feeling and um, then this happens. Yeah. I wonder what that could be a number of possibilities. I would love to know, like, is it a technology? Is it, uh, something organic from uh, one of your guides is it, you know what is it I wonder I think that there I think that like my my um the day before this crash happened I worked I decided that for me that whatever was happening in my left ear was not good and in, in addition to all of the grounding and protection spell type I do every day which is it's long but I usually just say I hereby cancel all contracts with all dark demonic vampiric entities in all timelines, all realms, all dimensions, and what we call the past, what we call the present, what we call the future, in the dream realms, dream realms, the astral realms, and in the void, and all AI. I cancel and do not, I do not agree to any AI interference in, in my in my life. But I had not yet identified this left ear thing as being a negative thing. And I worked all day on like, I <clears throat> cancel and decommission any tech that is sending these codes into my left ear. And I, I worked on it a long time during the day. And then abracadabra, the next day um, I roll my car and I'm hooked up to a, a COVID vent. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a absolutely incredible. Uh, I mean, it's, it's an incredible story. It's not incredible that that happened. But wow, yeah, there's no coincidences, right? No. I mean, yeah. So it's almost like you you uh you canceled that and they were trying to like redo it, maybe. They were trying to like or as a consequence or something. Re reconnect you to something. There's there's quite there's, there's quite a bit of pushback on a on a regular basis. And it's always something so out of left field and bizarre. Um people will turn on me i'll meet someone and like it feels like we're hitting like hitting it off and suddenly they turn into a different person and start attacking me really yeah <clears throat> because and i also in that that diatribe that that grounding and protection diatribe i usually include um and i'm protected from all um emissaries who could be influenced by dark demonic or vampiric entities so i had to add that at a certain point because because they get one, to the people around you, yeah. Yes, because what? Because yeah. I actually had an archon like period where they were coming at me a lot, and I started exercising them out of other people, and then none of those attacks came on me anymore. With the, with that protection spell, then it started coming from other people, and then people would suddenly mm -hmm. just lose their cool around me and say stuff that made no sense and accuse me of like really bizarre stuff. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I get it. They're Almost I'm, like they become possessed out of nowhere, right? 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's what that happening. Yeah, that's I've heard stories. Well, sometimes when they can't get to you, they get to the people around you or around whatever, you. whatever it might look like, whatever it's it's circumstantial. It's always going to be different. You know, they just take advantage of the surroundings or the scenario you're in. Um, right. Or they might be under some order to do something. You never know what could what the possibilities could be. But uh, man, I think it's only the beginning of discovering what the hell's actually going on because uh, it's time of whatever is happening on the planet right now is activating thousands of people and memories and experiences. Everything's coming to the surface. Nobody's life looks quite normal anymore. You know, if, if you're, if you're aware of this stuff, if you're aware of this stuff and you have experiences like you do, like it's becoming very apparent that life is never going to go back to being the way it used to be. And uh, who knows where we're going, but it's not going to be familiar. It's like everything is happening at once, even more so than usual. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like we're at this crescendo, yeah. we're at this point. Um, wow. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming on and sharing all this, man. It's been absolutely, this was yeah. way more than I expected. Uh, it was fascinating. Um, I'm sure you have more in you, you know, and uh, if you Yeah, I had a great time talking with you guys and um, I'll extend myself to any future talks. I, I enjoyed it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, do, do you still have Do you still have this the uh, the scars on your forehead from it? No. No. I heal fast because I have. Oh wow! You did. Because in the video you still had it. Well, so when, yeah. what date was that video recorded? January thirtieth. January. Oh wow! 30th. Oh, so so that was nine eight nine days ago. Ten nine ten days ago. Yeah, yeah. It healed pretty good though. You still got the nose. Little, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. I remember you saying you're like I want to get on a show while this is still here, so I have the proof, you know. Right. Um, well, my my roommate had some sort of salve that really helped. He's like an herbal oh, nice. dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that sped it up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I would be happy to talk to you guys any old time. Right. Yeah. We'll do this again, man. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Thank you for coming forward. Thanks for being brave and sharing your story. Yeah. It's not easy, obviously. And. uh yeah, uh, we we can't thank you enough, and you know, good luck. We're gonna we're gonna send you our protection and uh, keep us updated if anything else happens. Sounds good, gentlemen. I'll see you soon. <clears throat> All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for yeah. tuning in. So much. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, oh, <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> well, and he's gone. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, please help us get this out there, share it far and wide, because uh, it's just the censorship right now is ramped up extremely ramped up and it's not easy to get any information out there so um the best thing you could do is please share this and, and help us get this message out there we appreciate everything you guys are doing for us and um thank you and have a great evening until next time good night guys he said um listen give me two years never want to come back uh, the adventure of a lifetime and nobody will know you're gone you get deployed at 17 and a half and now i was deployed from the new york athletic club and we got actually deployed right out of the locker room from uh, you know you beamed up to the ship and then the ship takes off and you're gone for 20 years that's a very hard pill to swallow but that's exactly how i experienced it i was taken at 10 years old i was taken and i was worked through se several black programs i was privately owned in the beginning I did six, six or seven years on Earth. Uh, that's when all the stuff for the programs began for me. 
uh, specifically uh, the tracking that they had been doing since I was a kid, it followed me all the way through the military. And at that point, when I got to Diego Garcia, that's where I was taken off planet. Kind of like opened that floodgate for me. And then all of these recalls started coming in and I was just like, oh my gosh. And the way I was describing it, she's like, I've never had this with a client, but it, that you're, you're describing a parallel life right now. It's a combination of human and other species. Um, I was able to remember the name on their uniform. It's USS R Corp. That was putting me through some kind of recruitment um, tests from age three until 12. And 12 is when I was potentially, well, taken. He said, uh, and with your scores, I guarantee you'll make commander and you'll make pilot. And I said, pilot of what? And he said, uh, four kilometer long starship. He told me what was gonna happen. He, he said, you volunteer for the program, we'll put you in, you'll do 20 years, we'll um, send you back in time 20 years, age regress you 20 years, wipe your memory, and you'll just wake up in bed like nothing happened. It's almost beyond words, it's beyond comprehension of how this could happen. Whoever's masterminding this, you know, the Air Force, you know, working with extraterrestrials, working with a lot of Pretty wild technology, which I'll also get into. It's really beyond fathomable. It's beyond fathomable.